Bros. And welcome to Brown Meets World. When it's Brown Meets World. Your boy Meets World fan cast. I am Siege. And I'm Tony <laughs> Curtis. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing very, very well. Um, what was I going to say to you? There's just, there's a lot going on. But I think the most important thing that we want to talk about is uh, her answer. Actually, before we get into the episode, I want to, like, the last episode we put out last week, um, we had recorded a few weeks ago, and since then, there's been a ton of Hod Meets World episodes that have come out. Yeah. And, bro, I, 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 I don't know if you're listening to it, but there's a few things I have to talk to you about. Please do, because I have thing not. Is, okay, so there's some fantastic episodes. They bring back Minkus, which, by the way, he left season one thinking he was coming back for season two, and they apparently just like randomly he got a phone call out of the blue just being like yeah you're not coming back and it was just like he was really kind of caught off guard by it and the reason that they like were hypothesizing about Wilfred L said was he heard a rumor that ABC didn't want to have uh a, two nerds back to back I knew it Urkel, I knew it I knew they it had I knew it I knew it a nerd with Urkel and they were just like hey this is too much and we want to do something different with the show so we have to get rid of the nerd and I thought that was interesting so it's so funny I first of all I knew like being someone who now lives in LA you understand how the sausage is made a little bit and you understand like how decisions are there and immediately I was like the network was like oh that's two nerds back to back we can't do that like it's it's so crazy but that's their version of diversity is we give you one show with <laughs> a nerd and one show without um i will 100%. say big ups to jaleel white for being the nerd who made the impact where they were like right we'll keep this one but like, like he's the one to keep exactly it's that's hilarious and so sad um, yeah, so if, if I were going to recommend any episode of Pod Meets World to someone, it would definitely be the episode with director David Trainer, um, who directed a bunch of the episodes in the first season. And the reason why is because, okay, so Danielle starts talking about how she, like, auditioned for the role and all this stuff uh, for Topanga. And she essentially was like, she she went to do her part. And Michael Jacobs, the showrunner, took her to the side and was just like, basically saying you need to do everything all over again you need to make sure it's exactly the way that i want it and she stayed up all night and she was like having like like panic attacks like she was just getting really nervous listen to the episode she explains it a lot better but she was just yeah. talking about how important it was for her and for the rest of the cast to please michael jacobs to get his approval and the director david trainers is on there and he's talking openly about how he hated that working with michael jacobs even though he loved michael jacobs for his creativity he hated the way it was his way or the highway that it ne everything needed to be the exact way that he saw it and it just they get really into the behind the scenes drama of it in a way that i was not expecting them to open up with so i i, I we're gonna get into our episode but i just i really just wanted to throw that out there for any super fans of the show to check out the david trainer meets world episode of their show so what's so funny about that is you and I have kind of gone on this journey of being like, oh my God, I love this creation. And then when we look at it, we're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. The person behind this, the people behind this are, they're making some decisions. And I want to know their motivation behind these decisions because even though what the end result is, was 
revolutionary in some ways there's a lot that comes with it and for me i think especially this episode um just what I, what we're going to talk about her answer uh i feel like it's riddled with that like i i watched this episode and i was like i there's so much about it that is two steps forwards three steps back <laughs> bro i i'm right there with you and yes let's transition into this episode because i feel like y- yes the, i'm right there with you okay so uh i think the the best way to start this would be um a tell me about it tell me about it all right let's get into it <clears throat> tell us about it point to ping the chicken down doesn't stop Amy from disapproving while Eric and Jack agree Rachel is human yeah tell us about it is this the best that we can do one woman attacking another because her self-worth isn't being a mother tell us about it yeah I'm starting to get disturbed at one point Eric buys Rachel a bird which he later goes on to cook and serve we got three whole lyrics i love it (laughs) i couldn't stop i was just like this episode (laughs) what i love is you literally (laughs) highlighted everything that i wanted to talk about so uh, but before we do that let me do the recap um this is season six episode two her answer if he was stunned when Topanga proposed, then Corey is completely speechless when Topanga comes to realize that she cannot say, I do. During the drive home, he admits that she was right. They are not ready to be married, and they want their families to be at their wedding. When they arrive home, they find that everyone has thrown the newlyweds a celebration. But before they can announce the truth, Amy confronts Topanga. Meanwhile, both Eric and Jack compete for Rachel's attention. The newlywed party is later turned into a retirement party for Mr. Feeney, which is disrupted by an angry diatribe Eric. And that is the summary. Okay. So, um, I, like, it, it's like, well, you know what? I'll say this. Um, usually I go first reactions, first thoughts. Again, I saw this episode and we'll get into the details, but I was like, this felt like a very long way to undo the progressive move and statement of Topanga proposing to Corey. Like it just felt very much like, like by the end of it, I was like, all of this was just so they could have been be the one who proposed. They were like, the guy should be the one to propose. And it just, Hey, there's so much going on to get us there, but that's what this felt like to me. That's definitely something I felt as well. But the main takeaway in my like first like reaction thing that I keep saying with is what they did with Amy in this episode just oh. did not sit right oh. with me in so oh. many ways. And We're going to go back to that. Mm, yeah. What they did with Amy, I thought was really interesting. And also like, I, I, the Rachel Jack Eric situation for me is getting so weirdly complicated. Like I, it's I like I know we're gonna get into the details, but that whole thing is a lot to unpack. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, th those no, are kind of my main takeaways. Let's, like you, we we kind of did it, but I think let's talk about the three act, not even three act story, but like the three storylines, each one featuring a woman, each one not done well. Um, what's, the, what's the third storyline? Oh, no, no. The three female characters. Oh, uh, we're going to get Topanga, Amy, and Rachel. So let's do it in that order. Let's start okay. with Topanga. Again, so the idea of her not being able to say I do, I'm completely on board with. It's like, we felt that this was impulsive. We felt like this was her just kind of like reacting more than anything. And I appreciated that. But what I didn't appreciate was the idea. Again, it's something that you get when it comes to television. But this idea of her just not being able to say early on, or even at the altar, I want my family to be there. I want yours to be there. No, instead, they have her walk out and just kind of sit in the car and without really having the proper words, just kind of be a bitch. Just, she's just yeah. sitting in the, in the car, quiet. She's picking a fight with Corey. All of these things, do not get me wrong, very truthful. I've done that before. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm upset and you're the problem. But like, I, and I get that. I'm not saying that it's not realistic in that way. I'm saying that it feels very purposeful, again, to kind of put her in that women be crazy scenario. And it, and it, it makes you empathize with Corey in a situation where I honestly feel like the more interesting things that are going on is with Topanga. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. And I also do feel like, I think you mentioned this earlier, that they're just undoing all the mess that they caused in the season finale. Like, that's what I meant. Like, the season finale could have just been the graduation, and then they could have just started college, and that would have been fine. They had to throw in the stupid marriage storyline that they immediately took back. Oh, gosh, I'm so hot um yeah <laughs> so Topanga I I don't even have a problem with the fact that like you said she came to this realization late because like we said in our last week's episode she took no time to think about this decision that she was going to make so all of it's happening at once almost so fast that she can't even communicate it to Corey in the moment which to your point I I was asking the question does Corey have the right to be upset I think so a little bit well so he has the right to be upset but what I'm saying is just like that, like Topanga, like immediately Topanga is just like, how long are you going to be mad at me? Like, it's like this thing where it's like Topanga, who's going through this right now, is suddenly someone who isn't empathetic to what she just put Corey through. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, it's this whole thing of Topanga, who literally just had this moment of being like, oh, crap, everything's happening at once, and I actually do want a wedding. And all. Like that, it could have been a realization moment where they... Topanga, the Topanga that we know, I feel, would have turned to him and said, actually, I want to have a big wedding. I want your family to be there. I want mine to be there. And then they would have like this kind of realization and Corey, all of this would happen in front of Fifi and the Reverend. Like in, in my yeah. um in my opinion, that's how it would have happened is they would have come to that realization and they would have left kind of like on the same page excited about it. But instead they gave this storyline of like Topanga just running off, not communicating, not telling anything to Corey, kind of like picking this fight. And then Corey, again, what we're doing right now is we're allowing all of this empathy to come towards Corey. And it also, it kind of like, in a way, gives Corey credit for something that Topanga does 
all of the work of. Yeah. Later <laughs> on, they're like, Corey, you made a good decision. It wasn't his decision. If it was up to him, he would have got married that night. So he was looking to get laid. Um, one thing I thought was really funny was uh, when Corey's kind of grumpy. And again, I, I think it's justified when he's yes. grumpy on the ride home. He's like, I drove a thousand miles to marry her. And she said, no, but I was just like, did they go to Vermont again? Why are they constantly <laughs> driving so far? Why can't you get married in Philadelphia? Like, why are you? Why did you have to do it this way? It just seems so interesting that uh, they had to drive so far. Um, but no, my main problem again. Yes, she's gonna have a realization in the moment. Should the realization be, oh, actually, I want a dream wedding, not, oh, I'm turning down Yale, like. Why is the realization not the like, hey, the reason why I rushed into this decision is because of this. N at no point in the episode, it does anyone like ask these kids why now? And like, that's the question that doesn't come up. It's like, well, if you're going to do it, let's do it the right way. And that's what the whole episode turns into. And that's what I get so like upset about with her whole storyline. Yeah. All right. So we, we're not going to go too deep into that because that is Amy territory. But mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Well, what I think it is, is, and we can talk about this with each and every female character, because it's let again, let's talk about like what they're doing wrong, so to say. Yeah. And what they're doing wrong is they give these women these really great situations and these really complex moments such as Topanga proposed and she got into Yale and what does that mean but then they they dial it back and they lean onto this trope of I wanted a pretty wedding and it's just like okay but as you said at the only other person the only other person who mentions college is another woman like, like that is it like no one else not one not her teacher not uh Corey's father not her fiance well and they don't even have her kind best of friend. as a dig yeah but they don't even have her best friend yeah Angela's like, not in the episode no she is she's in the background she's at the celebration she oh okay just okay words and this is this is what I'm saying like they see Topanga she stops being Topanga stops being a student and stops being someone who's learned and she is immediately in the role of wife like even um even Morgan her line is I've always wanted a sister so now yeah. she's sister she's fiance she's daughter-in-law like she's all of those things and she's not Topanga, the highly educated, motivated individual that we know. And that's where I think the problem lies. Yeah. And you know what? It's just so, like, if you look at Topanga's character, like, okay, let's say the graduation episode, right? Yeah, the graduation episode at the end had the will you marry me thing. But throughout the entire episode, we see her and Minkus competing to who can get the most A's? Who can be valedictorian? She is so ambitious. She is so smart. Where does all of that shit go now that, oh, I get to be a wife? Oh, like, like it just feels so old-fashioned and so, like, it just feels like two steps forward, five steps back in a lot it of ways. It is. It is. It is old-fashioned. And that's what, I, that's what I think is really important is that I feel one of the things that we've really learned with the entire series of Boy Meets World is like we remember it. And I think there is something to be said about the fact that we remember it for being this really progressive show. 
But when we, you and I revisit it, it's like, oh no, almost any steps towards progress that they took, they immediately backtracked. Like yeah. they were like, we'll give you Topanga proposing, but that's not going to be the proposal that counts. Like she's going to, she's going to walk out of that one. She's going to almost take it back. And we're going to give you the guy on the knee moment. We, and, we need, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and even if you think about Topanga, as we've known her throughout the series, the Topanga who's, who would call her dad Jebediah and whose dad would worry about her eating a meatball, like she was so weird and quirky. Why would she want a big wedding? Why would she want a traditional wedding? Like she's supposed to be this hippie girl. What happened? It goes back to this idea of like they a, a big white lacy wedding dress. And it, it's this whole thing. It's like, oh, well, that's what all girls want. That's what they all want at the end of the day. And I, so I do want to spend a little bit more time talking about Corey and Topanga in the car for two reasons. One, yeah. I will say, as someone who's recently engaged, just with planning a wedding, you do fight. Like, like the yeah. idea of like being mad at each other and this is supposed to be a happy time, but you're absolutely just angry. And by the way, you're angry because you're stressed. And the yeah. idea of, oh, wait, I wanted to do this. I actually, like, I'm actually upset that I can't do the thing that I really want to do. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with anyone, but you're now my partner and you have to deal with that kind of anger. That is very real to life. And I was like, while I was watching, I was upset that they were fighting, but I was like, in, in reality, you've been engaged for only so long and you're like, you guys have had several fights about, about nothing, about the about idea nothing, of yeah. like, you're going to get married. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh, planning a wedding is the most stressful, like the most pointless fight you'll ever have in the world. It's going to be about planning a wedding. I'm going to say the other part that I wanted to talk about in the car, though, is it starts in the car, I believe. And then it just continues throughout this episode. This episode is so horny. It's so horny yes. for Corey losing his virginity. Because what is he goes, she goes, I have big white dress. And he goes, oh, oh yeah, of course, white. And this way, hot white, bright hot, white. Yeah, <laughs> dude. The the emphasis on virginity, the emphasis on like, oh, you're getting married. Like you, we know what you did last. Uh, we'll get into all of those pervy jokes. Yeah. But like, it, I'm saying like, there is so much emphasis on like, oh, the reason you get married is to like, not the reason, but the uh, incentive. No, no, it's it's almost sex. very much like the, in your face. It's this old-fashioned way of thinking. Like, you pointed it out. It's old-fashioned because when we do get into later in the episode, I mean, I guess since we talked about Corey proposing, we can kind of talk about it. There's this moment where Corey's like, oh, I haven't gotten to do anything. I didn't get to propose. I didn't get to pick the ring. He got um, super emasculated. And uh, Matthews, I can't even think it was Alan. Alan goes, oh, get prepared for marriage. And again, it's just kind of like this whole thing of just yeah. being like, it's very the honeymooners. It's very, ugh, ball and chain. And it's just yeah. like, these two are supposed to be best friends. Like that's the love story that you're always telling us is that like, they just love each other. Why would they not be like, I don't think you would really care that much. You would just be happy that you're actually getting married. So anyway. Yeah. Do you have I, anything I, else you want to say about this particular part of it? The only thing I want to say is that they're still in the car. This is like the second car scene. By the way, there's like three different scenes in this whole episode. They, I think they say we're saving money. Um, 
uh, where Corey says that marriage should be a celebration and not a secret, which I, again, like, I understand there's some things that are wrong with this episode, but that's the frustrating thing is that every now and then, Corey says a line like that, or Feeney says a great quote later on that I'm oh, going to get into, yeah. that, like, I, like, makes it, like, so hard to, like, oh, I love it, but I hate, I love, but I hate, like... Give and take. And so, like, I thought that was a great, like, message to, like, everyone that's kind of rushing into marriage. I just wish that the emphasis would have been on why they're rushing instead of the rush itself. So, yeah, that's so, that's when you talk about, like, statements or quotes that were, like, kind of like you were like, mm. for me, one of the ones and it's so hard because I like I, I really connected with it because I understood the intention with it, but it also read weird when you actually look at what it's trying to say. And that was when Corey was like, hey, you still owe me the rest of your life. And Topanga goes, it's yours. And I was like, actually, that's kind of, that's a cute way of being like, hey, you kind of backed out of our agreement. And then like a very funny, it's like, no, it's still yours. Like, you know, like, and I, that's how I got it. And I read it and I was like, that's actually kind of a cute little back and forth. But then yeah. again, it's like this idea of like, you owe me the rest of your life. Like, again, it's just because you just fucked up everything else that was feminine about the episode. I was like, mm, you can kind of read a little patriarchy, but whatever, sure. you know, like. <laughs> and, and you're right. It's like, it's hard to distinguish when something is coming from and, and when something is coming from a place where you're like, oh, I see the heart, I see the intent of it. But sometimes even a good intention doesn't have good results. And so it's just like, I appreciate the intention so much. Yeah. But the actual result of it is a little flawed. And they do that a lot with Eric and Jack in this episode, too. And all right. I, I know. You're, I know. We're you're always one step ahead. I love it. Oof. I'm going to pull you back in, though. I'm, I'm working with him. I'm working with him. I'm okay. hot. This episode made me so hot. All right, so Mr. Hot, let's talk about you know us. If you've been listening, you know for a very long time we are Team Amy on this pod. <laughs> Amy oh. can do no wrong, but that's mostly because they always try to make her seem <laughs> like she can do no wrong, unless, of course, it comes to Topeka. So here, we, let's get into it. All right. Well, the first thing I want to say is that, like, when in the beginning, when Corey and Spang are still off, um, one of the scenes in the kitchen, it's like three in the morning. Amy and Alan are talking, and Alan's like the first one to be like, "Hey, let's just let them do their own thing. We have another baby. Let's talk about this new baby we have." Like, we just announced that we were pregnant. Let's have a conversation about something that's not Corey and Topanga, which I just really appreciated them just bringing that up for a second because. My big frustration last week was that everyone's life seems to revolve around Corey and Topanga, where I'm like, there's way more interesting things going on that they can talk about. But I just wanted to bring that up that like, yes, she is pregnant right now. So like, even if you don't like her behavior or the way she's talking to you or whatever, like, dude, give her a break. She's going through like pregnancy, like in her 40s. Like, I, I don't know. It's just. No, no, no. So first of all, I love that you said that. What's funny to me, because I thought about this, is when alan's given his big speech later on they don't mention the new child <laughs> he's like i'm the luckiest guy i have a beautiful wife yeah. i have a beautiful daughter a great son and i was like but like no mention of, like did you forget like like how is this not a baby shower what are we doing <laughs> yeah it <laughs> 
<laughs> like it's it's, it's oh it's my god funny. um but okay so i want to talk about amy a little bit yeah. first of all this idea of i i did love this kind of like repeating thing of amy being like you raise them right you try to do everything and then like he just disappears and like her being the concerned mother which like makes sense uh, i love the running bit of everyone being like the only people who are up right now or love that joke and weirdos and then constantly someone else enters because here's like eric enter sean enter feeny yeah i i knew that they i will say rule of threes i knew that they were going to do it with eric like that was a clear setup for eric but when he said it and then sean entered i was like okay that is funny and then when feeny does it i was like you know what you got me i love this bit it's stupid but i'm here for it (laughs) there is so much fantastic humor going on in this episode like separate from like the morals of everything that's going on eric is unstoppable in this episode and in these scenes especially he really just pops and just elevates the humor so much um you know it's in this scene real fast the three in the morning scene that feeny comes in and like eric is giving him shit about retiring feeny says when someone you care for makes a concerned decision to change their life then those who do care should offer their support and respect for their decision that being like the, the the quote that I was just talking about earlier of just like, man, fucking amazing quote, Feeney coming in with the Feeney lesson at the right time and yeah. teaching the parents yeah. as well as Eric, I just thought was great. Um, but it's definitely the something the parents needed to hear. I feel like one, I feel like the idea that they explore it later when Sean comes in, he's like, oh, well, this is what happened and this is what they're doing. And Amy's like, you've heard from him. Yeah. It's like, all right. So again, she's not outrageous for feeling this type of way. He called Sean and left Sean a message, but purposely didn't say anything to his parents. So, you know, like she has every right to feel every kind of way. And we're not even going to include hormones in this. It's just, it's yeah. just being a person. She has the yeah. right. And then Feeney coming in and saying that, you know, you should support them. I agree with that in theory. However, I also feel like as a mother, Amy has the right to be like, you know what? I tried. Everybody else is just willing to go along with it. But I can't. Like, first of all, I think that when... Amy confronts Topanga. Like, there's this whole celebration, quote unquote, celebration. Yeah, let's get into that to that to that scene a little bit. Yeah, and Amy goes, "I can't do this. Like, this isn't right. I don't support it. A, I don't think that she's wrong because it's just like, no. Yesterday, your child was <laughs> graduating. Today, your child has run off to get married before he's even." put in his college uh dorm request like it it's insanity it's whiplash and she has the right to be like no this is too sudden and as the person who we know actually puts in the effort in her marriage and understands that this is a weighty decision yeah i also think that she's like you guys are rushing into it the one tweak that i would have made is i don't think that Amy saying, why couldn't you have just gone to Yale would have been more impactful if she had just said, you should have gone to Yale. Because that to me is like, it's less like, why are you interrupting my son's life? And it's way more of a, 
you're interrupting your life. And that, like, mm. she's constantly saying, I want what's best for Corey and Topanga. And she's right. And I, I, you can see anyone who, like, actually knows a mother or has been paying attention to the type of person Amy would be, that's another thing. If you see Amy as a person, <laughs> as yeah. a human being, you understand that she is like, no, th- these are children and they don't understand what they're getting into. And everyone else is very much into being emotional and loving the story that is Corey and Topanga. But let me tell you what the world doesn't care about. Your story, your yeah. romantic interpretation of things. The real world is like, these are children who were getting married. One of them got into Yale and she's giving it up for my son, who's not even in college yet. What are we doing? She knows who she raised. <laughs> I definitely want to get into this kitchen scene because I have so much to say about it. The one thing I want to talk about real fast before I get into Amy's reaction is the way that everyone else treated Corey and Topanga when they came back thinking that they were married. Like, like everyone is like giving hugs. Like, Morgan, I... I've always thought of you as a sister. Everyone is making all these speeches about how they feel about the wedding, right? And Topanga, Corey's like, hey, should we let them know? And Topanga's like, no, I want to hear what everyone has to say. I want to see, know what everyone thinks about this before you say anything, which I thought was interesting as well. Alan's like, you know, I'm so happy to have you as a daughter. Feeny basically vouches for Corey and Topanga as star-crossed lovers. I've never in all my years of educating seen two people more in love. Like, guys, that's not what this is about. And so when Amy Amy is just like, why couldn't you have just gone to Yale? What I actually liked about that wording of uh, the way she worded that question is getting back to like, let's talk about the reason why you're rushing into this decision, right? Is because of Yale. Like, why didn't you go to Yale? Let's talk about the why. Why is it? Now, I will agree that the way she brought it up, and it's it's one of those things of just like, she had a great point, but the way she communicated it was so like aggressive and so like, I, I don't know. It just like, they weren't able to actually have a discussion about it because they were too busy being upset about the way she presented the question. And that's kind of the thing that was really frustrating was that you know just like, let's feel- talk about it. You know how I feel about respectability politics. It's one of those things where it's just like, oh, you yelled at me, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen to anything that you said, yeah. even if it was a hundred percent valid. And and then for her to get dressed down and have Corey yell at her in that way, as you were saying, a pregnant woman. Like if we if we want to yeah. be all um, old fashioned here, why are you yelling at a pregnant woman <laughs> in her forties? You know what I mean, like. They didn't even, like, have Amy. What's crazy is, of, of course, we know that it's because, in reality, the writers just forgot. But, like, they at no point in time uh, acknowledged the fact that Amy is pregnant during all of this. So the idea that Corey is just yelling at a pregnant w- woman, his pregnant mother in her forty, yeah. is hilarious. And it's very telling that... A, Amy is like a strong character in and of herself to just be like, no, I needed to have this conversation and we're going to have it. And it has nothing to do with my pregnancy. But also it's yeah. very telling that like no one else in the room seems to remember that this is a pregnant woman. <laughs> I, I will say like, you're right. I have the same thoughts about the argument itself, but Ben Savage and Betsy Randall's acting in that scene I thought was fantastic. Oh, the way that Ben Savage can switch to 
from comedy to drama like when he ghosts that at his mom i'm like whoa, whoa like it was like a whoa whoa but he's also like his acting was so fucking good and like the reason why this show can be so fluid with comedy and drama is because every single one of these actors whether it be ben uh, ben or danielle or writer or uh even will Friedel has his moments where he can be dramatic like they can all go back and forth so easily that like the show can really tackle such amazing themes so that's the one thing like even though I was like, why is he yelling at her? I was kind of like, wow, their acting is like really superb in this scene. I think what you said is great because I think another thing that is important is in her performance, that's where I'm getting everything about where Amy yeah. really sits. Like it's not said because they don't give her a lot of lines to say, yeah. it, but the way that she says these lines, you're like, oh no, no, no. This is what that person's thinking. This is yeah. how she's saying, and this is where she's coming from. And that's why it's so easy for me to be like, and she's not wrong because it's yeah. like all of the context to which she would say these things. Mm -hmm. It's not, she's not going in and being like my that objection is not a my baby boy objection. And we will get to this part yeah. of the conversation. But it is not a, this is my baby boy. How could you, what are you doing to him? It is a, you two are 18. Yeah. And that one got into Yale yesterday. What are you doing? They, that, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for bringing up the timeline because there's been a season apart and people forget that like, they graduated what two days ago? Yeah, like they're like hours. fresh, freshly out of high school. Like they're so quick, and like you don't really think about it because of the break in seasons. How quick it is from them literally being in high school, giving the like Sean just gave his speech at graduation. Like it's so soon from them being perceivably kids to oh now you're an adult, you're a grown man, like you're all these things, and it's just like well calm down, you're not a that yet you know also, what i mean also let's just say like a little bit of the fast and loose here but like did topanga's parents not go to her graduation topanga's parents are so furious that she stayed in philadelphia <laughs> they seem to have cut off all ties <laughs> did her aunt not go to like you're telling me that no one supported this this very accomplished young woman no who's valedictorian no one came to support her because again, if you're if we're to uh, read this correctly, they got engaged at graduation. So that afternoon, when they tell Corey's parents, "Where's the paint?" Like, did they not stop by real quick? Did no one come and give her a? happy grad card like where he are we get, at <laughs> he doesn't get anything and just real quick i i i just i want to mention this last week we were like oh no one is talking to her about yo no one is talking to her about yo and we were like oh maybe they don't know like maybe she just told Corey. no Amy knows. They know. She said, why couldn't you have just gone to Yale? It was such like a, oh, so they all know that she gave up K uh, Yale for this dude. And the emphasis is still on the relationship. Like, it's it was so frustrating. But I have to say that I flashed back. I, I saw that. I saw her say, why couldn't you have just gone to Yale? I flashed back to like 1999 or whatever it was when I first saw that moment because it was such a damn <laughs> like, like what like she dropped such a bomb with saying that and even when i rewatched it like i was just like "Ooh, chills like that's so like mm, but like, again i think bang. for me i feel like that is such a like i feel like it's for me it, it's that whole thing of like even the way that it's written is the thing where it's like oh bait and switch like you think she's 
you think that she's um mad about Yale, but it's actually because it's her baby boy. And it's uh, like, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. So let's get into that part. There's yeah. this idea when Alan and Amy are talking that Amy... Um, Which, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but did you realize that all of Amy's scenes are in the kitchen? <laughs> I didn't realize that, but very, again, very telling. <laughs> very telling. Um, and, like, I know that people are, like, kind of think that we're reaching here, but, like, it's not. It's All of this is very telling, and it's, it just reeks of, like, old Hollywood, old conservative thinking, and there is no reason why, again, why aren't they, I, I know that part of it is also set and cost and all this other stuff, but why are they shopping for baby clothes while they're having this conversation? Yes. Like, there is shit to do. Like, <laughs> if you want to talk about that. But the idea that Amy would be like, hey, I don't agree with it. What's going on? And Alan's like, maybe does it have something to do with the fact that you won't be able to take care of Courtney anymore and you won't yeah. even say her name and all this other it's you just, won't be the woman in his life anymore that's what this is about isn't it Amy that feels very much like some dude was like oh and that's why moms get mad moms are so attached to their children that it has nothing to do with their well-being their age the fact that they're not ready it has nothing to do with the fact that she knows her son and mm -hmm. like it's not that like he's not ready to be a husband it's oh I'm not ready to let him go and it just felt so disgusting. There's no it's, other word for me to it's, say. It. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because you're right. It's a bait and switch. It's her making valid points only to later on just be like, oh, this actually has nothing to do with an educated woman having a valid opinion. It's just about an oversensitive mother who's not ready for her little boy because she's jealous of, she says, I'm jealous of her. Like, what? No, yeah. you're not. You're no, not you're not. Jealous of no, you're not. No, you're not. And that's, what? thank you, that's my thing. It was like, <laughs> I, oh my God, I am, I'm jealous of her. I was like, no, 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 mm -mm. And, and I, 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 here's the thing, I let this just know. I looked it up to make sure. I was like, this was written by a man. It is, <laughs> it's just, there's like, this script was written by a dude. And sure enough, looked it up and it was. And it's something where it's like, for me, I feel like there may have even been female writers in the room. Someone who was like, hey, this is how this would go. But it's something where it's like they gave you a little bit of it and then they took it back. And they're like, nah. no. In reality, this is why she's upset because moms love their baby boys. Not the fact that, what again, and for our listeners, we need to understand the 80s was the very first time in our history where women were encouraged to be in the workplace and be boss, like, Topanga was a revolutionary character because this idea of having a girl who was so smart and starting to be the valedictorian and all this other stuff like made her revolutionary. So the idea that she would give all of that up to be a wife is actually a social commentary. Amy, someone who herself gave up her career to be a housewife, would have an opinion on it that has nothing to do with her son. I was just looking up um, the guy who wrote this episode. His name is Matthew Nelson. Um, he also wrote like the Fishing for Verna episode. Like he wrote some episodes that were pretty good, but like this, you're right. Like this, everything about what they do to Amy in this episode, like the bait and switch, the way she goes from making valid points to just being this like emotional woman. I just, yeah, I'm.
What did you think about her giving Topanga the ring? All right, so I love that you, I love that we got there because what I was gonna say is just that, this idea of, I don't, I don't mind her giving Topanga the ring. I feel like it is something that if she is as much of a, I want, um, I wasn't letting go of my son type of person, which you're trying to make her out to be, she would have given that ring to Corey. Yeah, totally. She would have given that ring to Corey. She wouldn't have been like, Topanga, I want to give you this thing. Like, like one of the, it reminds me of, um, for those of you who've watched the show Friends, there's an episode in Friends where Ross and Rachel, spoiler for a decade old <laughs> episode at this point. It's like died. 30 years old, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They have a baby. And while they're having a baby, very similarly, Ross's mom comes in and she's like, I just don't understand. I don't like the situation that you have going on here. And I know that you don't care. I know that I'm being the old fashioned one by feeling this way, but I want you to just have the ring. There's that whole dynamic of, again, a mom being like, you know what? I know that I'm the odd man out. I get that. But I still want you to have the ring so you can do things properly if you decide to do so. And that is what a mother who apparently feels this way about her son would have done. Yeah. She would have gone to her. If she's all obsessed about Corey and she's jealous, and and to be honest, she had the big fight with Corey. She didn't really yell at Topanga. No. She would have gone to Corey and would have been like, hey, I understand that I, you and I don't necessarily agree, but to give you my approval, here's your grandmother's ring for you to give to Topanga. The thing I didn't like really about that whole thing was like, she even says to Topanga at a certain point, she, they have this whole bo- bullshit conversation, basically just like, oh, I just don't want to lose my boy to another woman. Like what's the, what's the thing? Like the, the, the test, the Bechdel test, like no yeah. women are having conversations about anything other than men. No, not at all. Episode. Why would they? It's it's so frustrating. Like, why can't they in the park have a conversation about Yale? Why can't they in the park have a conversation about the other things that contributed to this decision? It's, Amy it's, goes yeah. to Topanga and is just like, "Hey, or or if you want, let's cut out Alan and Corey from that scene totally. and have Amy be like, "Hey, can I speak to you for a moment?" And if we want to, again, if we want to have like this apology, if we want to make it where it was an Amy B. Topanga situation, let's have a conversation, just Topanga and Amy, yeah. and be like, hey, this is where I was thinking. This is where I'm from. Even though I said all of these things, I would love for you to be part of my family. Yeah. All of those things are possible, but they aren't in this world because it's boy meets world. And they're like, ah, he should be at the center of all of these conversations. Can I tell you that they, for me, could have fixed this entire engagement saga by Amy and Topanga, like you said, having a solo conversation where Amy's like, so what? What? what why didn't you want to go to Yale? Yes. And Topanga just saying like, you know what? I thought about it, but this, yeah. like, whatever. And her just giving reasons, like, this is the reason. It's not Corey. There's other things that are contributing to this decision would have just fixed so much of this for me. But instead, it still just goes back to like, well, when you're ready and then we can start planning the perfect wedding, right? We have a lot to do. And like all this, like, uh, it's not about that. It's not. uh, Here's the thing. I know that uh, boys find it hard to believe, but 
it's not all about you. Like, mm-hmm. like this, this, like Topanga proposing to Corey, not really about Corey. Amy mm-hmm. being upset about the engagement, not really about Corey. Like, none of this has anything to do with the fact that Corey is getting engaged. In fact, th- th- that's like kind of the last thing on their minds. Yeah. All of this is really about college. All of this is really about growing up. Like, I would have loved for Amy to be like, where's your mom? How does she feel about this? Yeah. Like, give us give us some kind of dialogue where they're like, okay, I'm being crazy. What does your mother think about this? Corey, <laughs> three months ago, you got arrested for pissing on a cop car. Like, <laughs> guys, let's put this in perspective. Like, jeez. Exactly. exactly. Okay. Um, are you ready to tackle the... I'm so ready to talk about Rachel and Jack and Eric. I, I've been biting my tongue this whole episode and about that shit. I applaud you because that is hard for you to do. <laughs> it's so hard. And like, I... Go okay, ahead, give me so, your hand. All right. So when we open with jack in the apartment so basically all of their scenes happening in, in the apartment like uh, amy's in the kitchen rachel's in the apartment so that they're breaking it up with scenery um jack and eric start off still macking it to rachel while she's making them breakfast talking out loud about how god rewarded them with a hottie hot mick hot 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 for a roommate um and then rachel like communicates like hey guys i'm really appreciative of you taking me in i was in a really vulnerable space and i just want to thank you guys like this is just really meaningful to me and then they continue to just curve out on the idea of her taking a bubble bath and they even like punch each other in the face (laughs) like before they do that Okay. Yeah, I know. That's, I know. We yeah, have to yeah. talk about it. We ah, have to talk, talk about it. it. I will not be pushed to the side, DC. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about the the moment. Okay, every episode has ready? a moment. What, what are we calling them? You know how we had like the Turner mo- turned on by Turner. Yeah. What are we gonna yeah. call the gay moments of Jack and Eric? I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I will say before we get into that, I want to explain to everyone where I'm taking this from. So there's this really big um, kind of like, um, it's not new, but it is kind of like having a rise. This idea of men, especially in Western culture, especially in America, men are um, brought up to be homo-romantic, but heterosexual. And that's just kind of, and that idea is that that most of males' relationships and most of the things that we teach men to value and embrace and love um, are actually for other men. And yeah. this idea that we literally get a scene of these two saying, I love you. Like, I don't, like, I don't think we hear Corey and Topanga say I love you this episode, <laughs> but we get Eric and jack saying to each other hey in the Dude, middle I don't of the day know if this hey, is this, this is, is the right time to say it but, but i, I just love you man you know, i love you and like, hey i love you and like there's like like these two are they are romantically maybe not sexually involved but they are romantically involved and yeah. the by sh- shown by saying hey i love you and don't get me wrong a, a heterosexual male absolutely has the right to say that they love their friends which they do but in this moment in this particular moment when they are both revved up horny as hell <laughs> eric literally just stops and says hey by the way i'm kind of living my best life with you and jack yeah. goes dude not even <laughs> i'm living okay. my best life with you 
and they embrace yeah. and then the sexual element comes in yeah. and rachel's like hey i'm alluding to nudity and they're like oh we got to put that aside because yeah. at this point in time the opportunity for sex has come up and i think that it's just very very telling and very very interesting that you can see this kind of play out this idea of homo romanticism between jack and eric but again we're not going to let them be a gay couple so we have to insert that heterosexuality go ahead um, okay, so I do want to say this in response to this quote, because I feel like some of the viewers are going to understand this reference as well. This is 1998, October 1998 is when this originally aired. Um, so this dude, I love you so, dude, 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 is a parody of a scene from the movie Basketball starring Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the creators of South Park, which I think Will Friedle was just a massive fan of because there's so many South Park references in the in the Scream episode and things like that. But like, I, I actually looked it up on YouTube to, to see and we'll maybe we'll post it on social media so you guys can see the scene that they're referencing. But you know what they don't talk about in that scene? Love for each other. They're just like, dude, 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 dude. Like there isn't any other words that they say other than dude, but they say exactly the way that Eric and Jack are saying it to each other. So I know that that was the point of reference, but why bring up, I love you, man? Like, hey, separate from all of this, I love you, I love you. And I think it's for the joke of just like, oh yeah, I love you, but I'll punch you in the face to get to this girl. It's it's for humor, but like there's so much, as you've brought to my attention, so many moments I don't know what we want to call this section yet. Guys, if you have ideas, these moments where Jack and Eric just do some stuff that's questionable. So yeah, that's that was a moment that I knew we were going to have to well, break down. Well, what's so down. funny to me is it's not that it's questionable. Or I mean, I guess like it's not questionable in a like derogatory way and as if there's something wrong with it. It's that it's it doesn't allow it's very trapped, it feels. Yeah. It very it very much feels like if this was a modern story, they would explore their sexuality. Or, or in all honesty, I mean, like, for anyone who's ever um, watched the show Supernatural, you understand that maybe they wouldn't have. There's so much yeah. sexual tension between the main character, Dean, and the character, Cass. And everyone else is like, no, those two are dating, by the way. Like, everyone else in the <laughs> universe, in the entire galaxy, seems to understand that the relationship that you have with this other person is a romantic one. It may not be a sexual one, but it's a romantic one. Mm. You care about each other in the, in a way that is usually reserved for a partner, a life partner and or spouse. And that's fine, but our like the nuance of attraction and romantic love and sexual love are very I mean like we just have someone who five seconds ago was excited to get married because that's apparently the only time he can have sex. So I understand that this idea of homoromantic and heterosexual is way too complicated for the times, but it's just, it's so funny because it's right there. It's in front yeah, of us. Definitely. Um, okay. So I, I just want to move on with the story a little bit because there's a moment where uh, like we cut back to, to the, the apartment after going back to the A storyline. Eric comes in to see Jack wrapping a gift for, for Rachel. Um, he hilariously acts upset as he brings in a giant gift as well, which turns out to be some kind of bird. They give these gifts to Rachel and she immediately starts crying and walks away. Was Wanted that a drama? Emotional. 
Oh, I thought, you know what's so funny is that like in 2022 eyes now, I, yeah. I thought of it as a trauma response. I was just like, I mean, oh, something deeper is going on that like she oh, feels something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like I'm not saying like what she even says later on, like the reason that she gives is um, it just made me realize how little I was settling for. Like mm -hmm. you guys, I've known, by the way, I've known you guys for 48 hours. Yeah. <laughs> And you're already buying me gifts. You're already being like very mindful of me, trying to make me feel comfortable. You are treating me better than the guy I moved across the country to be with. Yeah. So I completely, I, I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't a valid response. I'm saying that again, it's, it's set up with women be emotional and they don't communicate. And Women they don't, don't communicate. <laughs> she leaves upset. The boys are like confused. And later on, they're like, like, this is the this is the shit I'm talking about right here. Two steps forward, five steps back. Eric and Jack have this sit-down conversation when they're like, hey, we understand that we have been incredibly inappropriate to this person, and we need to create a safe space for her. And they even go as far as to say, hey, we're sorry for thinking of you as food and not thinking of you as a human being. And we promise to just make this a platonic safe space as friends and roommates, right? And then, like... <sighs> And the biggest thing of frustration, Rachel chooses that moment to be like, actually, I, I feel like I have feelings for you, which is fine. It just, again, the only reason Rachel exists is to make this tension between Jack and Eric. What is Rachel studying? Does she work? Does she have parents? Does she have dreams? We don't know anything about this woman other than she's single, she's attractive, and apparently she has such strong feelings for one or both of these dudes that she just breaks down and cries over it. So, like, what is going on with this character and these this these this group? A few things are happening. One, I love the idea that you were just like, what is she majoring in? I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> They're in college. They're in college. So, what is she doing? Does she have a date? Is she a bartender? Like, how does she have money? What is going on here? And she doesn't have a job. Is she looking for one? There are so many things that we could. Be is she selling. paying rent? We yeah. don't know. They had the rent conversation with Sean. Didn't have it with Rachel. And here's the thing. Let's say, for example, that she's not. Again, it's fine if she's not. I would totally believe that Eric and Jack were like, nope. What do you mean, money? You don't have to pay to live here. You're paying yeah. with your present. I would get that. But first of all, how creepy would that be if you were a girl and yeah. two men just asked you to live with them and didn't ask you to pay rent? Like, I just feel like that is something that no modern woman would actually do without some yeah. limitation. Uh, and then second of all, I it, we don't know anything about her. She's not going in and out of the house. Like, she didn't come back from work. She didn't doesn't have a uniform on. She's not like going to see her other friends. None of this. I was actually expecting kind of like a moment where like Rachel introduced a new guy or like like again like this would have been a great time to find out where Rachel was a lesbian. Like there's just so much that could have gone on to give us. I thought we would get more insight into her, but instead we just got a hey men previously haven't treated me well and you two have treated me so well that I'm actually going to tease you and be like, but we could have had something here, but you guys just want to be friends. So you know what? No matter what I'm feeling inside, I'm just going to keep it to myself. And mm -hmm. Even though I didn't, because yeah. if I really was going to keep it to myself, I wouldn't have brought up the fact 
that I have feelings for both of you while it's very clear that both of you have been trying to get my attention. She does say something really interesting, which is, uh, thank, uh, thanks guys, you really saved me from myself, which I kind of interpret it as her like saying like, oh, you're saving me from self-sabotage. I could have easily like had a relationship and just blown this whole thing up. And like, I appreciate you guys just saying that you just want to be my friends. And I, and I dig that. But again, like we don't know anything about her. I just want to quickly say that a great modern version of this, the people who, who did this a lot better. If you watch Stranger Things season two, when they introduce Max, it's not just, hey, these boys have a crush on this girl that they're both fighting over, yeah, Dustin and yeah. Lucas, to get to this girl. We're learning that she has interests of her own. She skateboards. She likes video games. She has a home life. She has issues with her parents and her brother. We're learning all of these things about her as we're learning about the feelings that these two main characters are developing for her. Rachel has an, another redhead, nothing, no backstory at all, other than I used to be fucking this one dude, and now I'm not with him anymore, and I'm single. Like, Question, what is Topanga majoring in? What is dude. Angela majoring in? So Who the knows? thing is, like, <laughs> the thing, what, I, what I'm bringing back is, it's like, we got a whole new character, and you're like, we know nothing about her. We know nothing about the woman we've already met. <laughs> and, and fair. Like, I don't know what they're going to go to study in the college, but like, you know what? Maybe they're just doing, hey, I'm going to do my A for two years and then decide like a lot of people do that. That's fine. Rachel is currently in college. Also, it's summer. So she's work she like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't know. There's so many questions. And again, we don't even get to it because as soon as we start like dissecting this, we go and cut to Eric, who has the oven timer goes off and it turns out he has Hooked Rachel's bird oh, so I that him that and Jack can I... eat it. Oh, by the way, so that him and Jack can eat it. This is what I'm talking about, people. It's just like, he, they didn't make the food, which, by the way, atrocious. The idea that they cooked just, like, her pet bird. I can't even. But if you want to take, like, the, the silly comedy away from that, just the idea that they only made it for each other. Again, the end game here and what's funny is for anyone who has actually seen girl meets world the end game is jack and eric that is actually who the show wants us to have paired forever but rachel is here just to kind of give us that sexuality that the 90s will allow guys eric killed a bird in their apartment <laughs> like I don't know if he killed him before he put him in the oven or if he just put him in the oven. We need to have a conversation right now because we're getting into Good Burger territory where I'm like, is this dude high or is he dumb? Like, I know we've had this conversation so many times before. At one point, they're in the kitchen. I have to flash back to this. Uh, Corey and Topanga come back in. Everyone is congratulating them. And the thing Eric says to Corey is, bro, you have to find you taste these cheese balls. They're out of control. <laughs> good. They're so insanely good, these cheese balls. And I'm like, is he high? Like, does that explain why he's getting dumber? Is he smoking weed in college? Like, give me something to explain why this dude who was like such like a a prim and proper young man in the first few seasons, all of a sudden is like killing and cooking a bird. Yeah. All right. You just reminded me of something just because you were talking about print and proper. I did think it was both. It was an interesting gag, but then also just kind of like a fun gag. The idea of them both coming out in like their boxers, seeing Rachel and then like running in and immediately yeah. being dressed. I just thought that Jack, this is again, you can tell that they are starting to lean into 
who they want Jack to be. And yeah. just like the way that Jack is dressed compared to the way that Eric is dressed is very, very much like the Jack character that we will come to know. And I just thought that was like a fun little thing of like being like, oh, they're really, they're figuring out who this Jack character is. Yeah, and they're having so much fun with like the physical comedy. They're having so much fun with the boys fighting and like the quick changes, like all that stuff. And like, honestly, it looks like the cast is having fun with it too. I look forward to when they get Matthew Lawrence on this uh, Pod Meets World. Like, I want to, yeah. I want to see what these two think about where we are now because I'm not the only one. Like I said, it's all over Tumblr. It's all over. It's Reddit. all over. Yeah, like you everyone else. Video montages of. Jack and Eric, yeah. Exactly. Like, it is there. It is present. So I look forward to seeing how what they think about this and if there is any kind of, like, context. Because in reality, it's just, I I think that we all respond to it because we do love that pairing and it's a great match. And it's just kind of like an elevated, more screwball comedy version of Corey and Sean. Um, but but I really Corey do look and Sean don't have the, like... Yeah, it's like it's so interesting because they made Jack to be Eric Sean, but you're right. Like the chemistry between Jack and Eric is so different than the chemistry between Corey and Sean, who legit seem like brothers and best friends versus these two that seem like I don't know if they want to fight or fuck or like what's going on. Like also, let's not forget about the fact that Jack is Sean's brother and they Barely are together. <laughs> Sean has okay. family that disappeared. I don't understand. <laughs> exactly. We should we should wrap this up. Okay. Um, but one. La- can I just say one last thing about Eric before we we move on? Which is that the the closing of this episode when he parodies Amy, I could not. I fucking. I loved it. I I thought his humor <laughs> was so. His acting was so good. Like the way he tries to like pretend to be Amy in front of her, and she's just like this. <laughs> The way he and he he like talks to Feeney and then he ends it by going to Topanga and goes, "Why couldn't you have just gone to Yale?" <laughs> Made me laugh so hard and just really parroting this idea that like, yes, we're ending the episode and we still don't know why she's not going to Yale. So that's that's really all I had to say about that. <laughs> like again, I will say we talked about like they're figuring out Jack. They really do. Like, just know how to use Will Friedle. and he's Amazing. So, his comedic timing is so much fun. And it's something like, to be honest, I feel like it becomes his detriment because he just becomes this parody of a character. Yeah. But it's so, he's just so good at it that I kind of don't blame them. Yeah, definitely. Um, bra moment. The bra moment of this episode, honestly, I have so so many and yeah. I, I don't even I, I don't even yeah. know which way to go with it I don't know if it's you know them turning Amy into just a, a jealous woman I don't know if it's um, the boys thinking that they should treat Rachel as a woman but then being convinced that they made the wrong decision afterwards I again am gonna have to go to Eric kill the bird in this episode <laughs> like, it's so like I feel so bad because that's mine as well it's like the one where I was like don't get me wrong. A lot happens here. He cooked a bird <laughs> that five seconds ago was alive and in a cage. And it's not like he bought her a chicken. No, this was a parakeet. This <laughs> was a pet bird. <laughs> I love that. Also, oh, I, I actually do have another bruh moment, which Go is like um, where the, 
uh rachel is upset and they're trying to figure out what happened they're like oh she's been gone for a long time eric makes a joke that she unalived yes, herself yes again hanging herself in the in the bathroom and then jack goes oh no she's too tall for that what what are we doing, are we doing? yes what is this <laughs> Yeah, no, Did no, you kill herself? No, no, no. She's too tall. What? <laughs> I completely had the exact same response. What's crazy is I don't know why, but like those were two where I was just like, "Yeah, you and I." I was like, "I knew this was coming up." What are mm -hmm. we doing here? What are we comedy? doing? Okay. What are we doing? Season six. Season six. What's happening? Because it's starting and it looks like it's going off the rails. And I oh. gotta be honest, I feel like we're just gonna keep going right off the rails. I feel like we're gonna have a lot of fun we're conversations. On episode two of this season. Two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Let's talk. Uh. Feeny lesson. I think you said it early on. I think you hit it like, right. Right. Yeah. On. I think Feeny made the the Feeny lesson when he's like hey, you should support people in their life and respect their decisions. Um, I think that's what the episode ultimately is trying to be about. I can't say that that's really the through line throughout everything, oh, I but um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you actually think the <laughs> the lesson is? No, here's the thing. I actually think that is the lesson. Like, I think that that is what we're trying. Like, And it can be applied to everyone. I just think that it gets muddied because at the end of the day, what they say is moms be jealous. <laughs> Let yeah. your boy go. You know, like that's kind of like what, like what the kind of real takeaway of the actions are. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I think that what it was trying to get at and the, the little grain of truth was, Hey, really, um, it's going to be hard. Sometimes you may not agree with everyone's decisions, but you have to support them. Yeah, like if, yeah, they really, they really made this episode Amy learning a lesson about her being a better mother versus the kids learning a lesson about their responsibilities. It's so frustrating. I can't. Yes, absolutely. Cool. Okay, um, what grade are you giving this? I'm giving this like a B minus. Like, it, it, I don't. Again, they completely undid the entire purpose of the finale and the premiere in this episode. They endgamed it where they were just like, <laughs> hey, the wedding, yeah, we're actually not going to do that. When are you going to do it? I don't know, whenever we feel like it, but not now. Like, it was just so like, oh, so no stakes. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, I agree with you. I, it's funny, I, it's, it's a B minus because it's still a fun episode. It's so I think funny. a lot of it has to do with Eric and his performance. I mm -hmm. think that the good acting that we get from Amy and Corey in that very tense scene and everyone else in the room feels very tense by it. Like, I think all of that's really good. I think, like, the car ride with Corey and Topanga, and like I said, like, that realism of, like, oh, you're engaged, you've been engaged for 48 hours and you're already fighting. Like, all of that. Yeah. It's, like, the good pieces. But uh, very often with this show, you're, like, but then you messed it up. <laughs> you had something good and you you made it a B minus. So and it's yeah. so unfortunate because as the quality of the writing decreases, the quality of the performances are only getting better. We're seeing these kids who have been working steadily in drama and comedy for six years now. Like they're so good at their craft now. But unfortunately, they're getting less and less like quality material to work with. So that makes me wonder, like, I honestly do wonder, based on what you said there, 
Um, because the concept is even kind of heavy and weighty and something that I was like, oh, this is a great concept. The concept of uh, proposing kind of as a panic, the concept yeah. of teenagers making huge life decisions and parents having to be like, you don't know enough about the world yet to be making this decision. Yeah. Like all of those, I these are conversations I want to have. You want to give me a dramatic retelling Forget Riverdale and give me like Boy Meets World with some actual stakes. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it could have been such a great like conversation transition into like the college stuff. Like, hey, yeah. you're not you. You guys don't quite know what you're doing yet. Let's 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 go into college and at, as time goes, you'll learn. Like, it's uh, they had so many opportunities to make this a more uh, well built season it feels yeah. like yeah mm. absolutely and it, again to me it feels like the ideas were there but the commitment wasn't yeah. um okay um homework you I know think we talked about this earlier don't we share homework well yes let's talk about this because we both saw bodies 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 recently yep. um and the one thing i will say about that is i don't want to give away any spoilers but the way that horror is able to hold a lens to society has always been my favorite thing about the genre and when you go into this movie it's it's a it's a whodunit sure but like the twist that uh, that they imply in the movie and the way that that twist relates to us as a society in a post COVID post, you know, are you Democrat, Republican, like all that shit, like all the things that divide us and make us mistrust each other as a society. Um, I, I think that this was movie was a great lens to that. So that's, that's one of the reasons why the kind I'm of, recommending it. The kind of identity politics, like the mm -hmm. uh, them versus us kind of situation. I'm not going to lie. So again, without really giving too much, I was talking to T about how the the game itself bodies 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 is a real game and it's about being able to trust your friends and who can you trust and who's lying to you yeah. and who has a good poker face and like so when you take that concept and you do have like a movie like this it's actually very interesting because especially in this as you pointed out post-covid world there's such a distrust of everyone around you like who can you trust if like yeah. everyone is a threat? Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so and I, I really... a, and it's what's funny is that we both saw uh, like a few months ago, we both saw Death on the Nile or something. Like it was a who who done it that we were just so like bored by. Like we weren't interested in it. But this who done it, I was constantly like, wait, what? Okay, that changes my person. Okay, that changes my person. Like everything was just so interesting throughout. And then the twist at the end, I just thought was was really great too. So. I'll say this: um, breakout performance. The girl who like she's already been on the rise, but the girl who plays Alice is just one of my favorites alice alice she Which is, is the alice? girl who's wearing the she, she's the one with the podcast the, <laughs> she the has like the most millennial or zillennial lines uh throughout the movie she steals she just she's, steals she's the great movie her comedic timing what's crazier is uh and again keeping it spoiler free and i will wrap this up if you live in northeast of the united states you know a girl like that 
you just yes. know her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she exists. And I've, it's for me, it's not just the comedy. It's the realism of that character. That character specifically, you're like, no, this is who that person is. <laughs> Amazing. She nailed it. Nailed. She did. Part. She did such a good job. Honestly, all of the like, I was really unfamiliar with most of the cast, and I thought everyone did a great job. I I thought Pete Davidson did a great job. Like everyone came through. So actually, I was listening to a different pod on this, and they were talking about how this is actually like a. It's like kind of subtle, but it's like a very young Hollywood driven. All of these actors are all ones who have kind of done something before, and this is kind of like their next big movie. And yeah. I feel like everyone gave a performance where you're like, oh, we're going to come back to this cast and be like, that was a star-studded cast. 100%. 100%. I, I, what, I have one more homework assignment I want to throw out. All right, yeah, go for anything it. Else about my, nope, have go you for seen it. the movie RRR on Netflix? No, I have no idea what that is. Bro, bro I'm telling you. This movie might be the most insane shit I've seen in 2022. And I saw the movie where Nicolas Cage plays himself. Like, <laughs> this is a Hindi movie that's on Netflix right now. And, like, when I tell you that I cannot describe the insanity of this movie, that if you just watch the first 10 minutes of this movie, I promise you, you will not turn it off. It is really, I can't. It's like Bollywood meets like a Van Damme movie, meets like, it's just, it's, and it's like overly masculine in the way where it's almost making fun of masculinity and just like, I, bro, there's a there's a song number that breaks out. It, it, there's so many wild things that happen in this movie. <laughs> and I was so thoroughly entertained. Like me and Miriam were just like doing laundry and I just threw it on in the background and then no laundry got done. We were just watching <laughs> this movie. Like I promise you, if you have some time to kill, it's on Netflix. RRR is the name of it have fun guys have fun. i love that like i like this idea of like a stop what you're doing movie like like you no you have yeah. my attention a hundred percent like i um, i can't say anything else about this movie because right. uh, i don't want to give it away it's just amazing. yeah and here's the thing i trust you cannot say one more thing without just telling me the entire part <laughs> of the movie so all right and i'll absolutely check it out is there anything else you want to say anything else you want to share no, I just want to remind um, everyone that we are doing, if you're listening to this right now, we do have video versions of this podcast that we put on our YouTube page. Um, we're also posting on TikTok and Instagram, our socials. So just make sure that you are checking that stuff out as well if you're a fan of our podcast. And if you're watching this on YouTube, eh, you can listen to us on where podcasts are available. All right. Thanks, everyone. Meet us at Rummy's World. And uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. But before we do, uh, T, I feel like you should... should. Should I should I dream? Yeah, and a little bit of uh, try. I, so I should dream and I should try. If you can, I would do some good. <laughs> a lot to ask, but I will try to both dream and try <laughs> and also do good. Okay, later, Russ. <laughs> later, bruh. When this boy meets world.